1: Welcome back to another Dose of the Antidote. Last week we met with the husband and wife duo, Alex and Ashley McGrath, who are creating the music of Turtle Doves. These two have long been a part of the music scene with their roles in the Soil and the Sun band. As we found out last week, Turtle Doves brings a different sound to this duo project. You know, at times it's lo-fi, there's an emphasis on the keys and often the vocals are quite laid back. The main thing is, is that the music of Turtle Doves is distinctive, and their sound goes to the top on their just-released EP, Secret Weapon, which we'll get into a bit later. For now, let's begin where we left off on last week's conversation in the song, Soft Speaker. Ashley and Alex McGrath make the music of Turtledoves. Thanks for joining The Antidote for a talk. Hey, thanks for having us.
3: Yeah, nice to hear from you.
1: Well, you got to tell me would you ever be interested in doing music full time as a paying gig? Definitely. Because some people don't want that. They like it, it's a sideline, but they like that dependability of a regular job.
2: Yeah, when we first moved to Cincinnati, I kind of took a deep dive into like trying to get into doing commercial music. License, you know, like licensing for commercials and oh, yeah. movie trailers and stuff like that. It's not that it wasn't going very well, but it, I actually wanted to get a job because I felt like it was kind of giving me burnout um, creatively. Like I would, I would work on that all day and then I wouldn't want to work on, you know, our own music at the end of the day. So, yeah, I actually... I can resonate with that. Like, like I think I'd rather just work at a restaurant and then save the creative energy for,
1: you know, not commercial stuff.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I get you there. We well, have to tell me about you guys. Is there a preference for turtle doves? Like, is it playing shows or do you just prefer to spend time in the studio?
3: That's a great question. We talk about that often. I feel like, more and more we really love recording so much but then it really depends some shows when you play a show where you really connect with people personally and it gives you energy for a lot of days after that and then some shows you play that you know kind of suck your energy dry so so shows are just kind of more like there's it's like you're on the ocean there's like highs and lows and waves and storms and stuff so that's kind of the whole foundation of our life together since, you know, 12 years ago was touring and playing shows. So when we are playing shows, there's this part of us that wakes up like, oh yeah, this is this is the way life is supposed to feel. So we really do love playing shows so much and touring, but we also really love recording and kind of being in that solitude space too.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think of them as kind of two separate art forms Like, The Soil and the Sun, for example, I feel like was very much a live band. Totally. Yeah, and, like, I don't even know if we ever really captured it on any of our records. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, the touring and playing shows was, that was kind of where the magic was for us. Mm -hmm. And I think now it's different with the two of us. Um, Playing shows is not as powerful In the same way that the seven piece band was Mm
4: -hmm.
2: so we don't like have the same impact when we just roll up to a a bar and Mm -hmm. it's just a two a quiet two-piece as opposed to like you know when we would show up with the band we would just kind of take over
3: (laughs) yeah we were loud enough that it just takes over the space yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) but you know sometimes we play shows that are really suited to our sound and it's really fulfilling and feels like we're really able to connect with people in a way that the soil and the sun never was able to do.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, Because with your style being so subdued, you want a really intimate setting for the band to play in.
3: Yeah, sure.
2: Exactly.
3: And it's pretty dynamic. Um, Turtle does. is pretty dynamic. Like I play synth bass and we have drum machine stuff and, So so there's moments that are so quiet and intimate and there's moments that get big, but it's being in a space that allows for that, like there's sort of a a need for there to be a listening environment. So shows that are like that are really magical. And then some of the loud crowded bar shows feel like, what are we even doing here? (laughs) So, (laughs) So yeah, we're always like, oh man, we need to just play like, universities with beautiful auditoriums you know that would be or
1: some house house shows
3: shows that we play are great and just places that are really good listening sometimes we talk about playing in caves and stuff like that like
1: wouldn't that be cool
3: you know playing in places that are just naturally resonant and like yeah so we love playing in any anywhere that's not just the typical bar i guess
1: so you're just gonna have to hunt out some caves in nepal
3: there you go yeah For sure.
2: It's a free show, but you have to get there somehow.
0: hand reached out and made a tunnel turned away
1: what I want to circle back to Pillars of the Earth and it includes one of my favorites from turtle doves a verse of don't turn the light on yet says in the morning calm in the neon red you remember it all it's stuck in your head the blinds are drawn and the concrete wet. yeah the day is gone but don't turn the light on yet you're telling a sad story with that one
2: you think it's sad? I I don't feel too sad about it, but it is nostalgic, and I think nostalgia, you know, definitely has a heavy dose of sadness in there. It's like a memory that was like a heavy time. You don't necessarily feel sad about it, but but like
1: maybe I'm thinking more melancholic.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I think that's sure. that's a good word
2: for it, for sure you
1: songs touch on faith. And you do have a track where you made that really obvious, which was Mortal Sorrow. Of course, I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's obvious, but I guess it really isn't. Because the thing Mm -hmm. is, if you don't have the lyrics in front of you, you'd never recognize what's being said. Mm. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't even know if that's really a song, but it was just like a little audio experiment that I did. And I thought, I thought it was cool, and I thought thematically it fit with the EP and was kind of like
1: a nice introduction into Pillars, which is the next song. Mm-hmm. And it was also the shortest thing you ever recorded. What is it, just <laughs> yeah. just over a minute long? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, so it was really powerful. The This guy named Chuck Missler, and he talked about the meanings of the names from Adam to Noah.
2: Yeah, it's like dabbling in Bible code kind of stuff, but it's not quite quite there. But there's some really interesting things sort of embedded in the genealogies
4: Mm -hmm. in
2: the Bible um, that sort of blew my mind. Like the meanings of the names that are listed make up a, a sentence, essentially, or like spell out a message.
3: Yeah, so Adam's name means man, and then his son, um, you know, Seth. his son Seth, yeah, means appointed. So, then it, the whole phrase reads, man appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come. What was the last one?
2: Bringing rest.
3: Bringing rest. Bringing the despairing comfort.
1: That's what it is, yeah. Now I've got it.
3: Yeah. So, it was really powerful, and we just loved loved that, so... Sneak it into a song, you
2: know? Yeah, I do like to put little Easter eggs in there, I guess. And But it's cool that you brought it up. I don't think anyone else has really even mentioned that to us.
1: Mm-hmm. So you said that was the prelude to Pillars, which mm-hmm. is you are the movement, you are the wind that rushes through the room that I'm in. Is that sharing about faith, or is that just another message that just came to you?
2: Yeah, that song, I would say, is another one of those that was written in kind of the collage style. So, here's kind of another way that words come to me that I think is pretty common for songwriters is like if you're just playing the chords or whatever and kind of humming along or like trying to come up with a melody. And sometimes you just start singing like vowel sounds.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And Every once in a while words just kind of come out that make sense. And that was one of those times actually for me.
1: But it isn't just nonsense, it actually does connect.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's really it's it feels special when that happens. And like the more I thought about it, I felt like it connected to the rest of the song. And I always had like the imagery of Moses. Mm-hmm. Um Hiding in the cleft of the rock, and like
1: mm-hmm.
2: in the presence of God rushing past him,
1: because <laughs> it reminds you of Nepal again.
0: <laughs>
1: I had to throw that in,
2: <laughs> yeah, there there's always going to be mountain symbolism, I think, in our songs,
3: yeah, definitely.
1: The paired songs Mortal Sorrow and Pillars from Turtledove's Pillars of the Earth release. It's time to bring everyone up to date with the music of Turtledove's. Up next, we hear about the new Secret Weapons EP and the song Come On. I've been going all over the place here tonight, but, <laughs> so let me bring this back on track. Because really, it's time for us to get into the new Turtledove's release, Secret Weapon. You must be excited by that.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it feels good. It feels good to have it out. It was kind of a long process of writing and recording it. Um, So it is
1: definitely exciting to have it finally out and about. And as you've mentioned already, that really it's got a bit of a style change from your previous EP's. You know, there's really not much lo-fi. I find it sound, it's more up front and the vocals are maybe a little less dreamy sounding.
2: Yeah, that that's definitely something we were trying to accomplish with this new EP is we wanted the vocals to be more upfront.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we wanted it to feel intimate. And actually, the first batch of songs, this EP, is kind of our more full sounding songs. And then we're going to release the next EP starting next month. We'll start releasing singles off of that. And those songs are a lot more kind of intimate and close. So I think we wanted to capture more of our voices and the instruments in a simple way. And we were able to do that. I think the other two EPs were more lo-fi sort of out of necessity too, with the gear we've had and mm-hmm. the spaces we've been able to record. And so as we've kind of been able to get some more microphones and get some better quality stuff it's a little there's some we love lo-fi but also a lot of it was lo-fi out of necessity too so
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i am with you i adore lo-fi
3: yeah yeah i
2: mean there's something special that happens when you just work with whatever you have
1: something else about this release is that it's just as poetic as anything else that you've done i mean come on is a great example of that Dig it up, your spirits speak. You are mighty in your silence, more dangerous than violence, bigger than giants, because deep down you know it's been this way for ages, the stillness and the chaos, the storms around you raging. really makes mm. you wonder if you'd consider yourself more of a poet than a songwriter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and cool. I am that's
1: serious by that.
2: That's cool, yeah, I i think about that sometimes um yeah i don't want to get too off topic but like i did just recently kind of like look into the mcgrath family name
4: mm-hmm.
2: it was cool it was kind of eye opening cuz like the mcgrath family was the poet class in and like this you know certain section of ireland they were like the royal poets to the royal family, you know, like they were the, mm-hmm. it was like a class almost or yeah i don't I don't know too much about the history of the Irish people, but like when I heard that they were like the poets and storytellers um to the royal family
1: so it's just simply genetic
3: <laughs>
1: you had no option
3: <laughs> well, it is interesting with songwriting, I mean, I think a lot of songs we love, I think do have that poetic element
2: that song come on is probably the first time ashley and i really have written a song together so that that's like a special one for us because it started with her playing those chords and singing mm-hmm. kind of like parts of that first verse mm-hmm. and then i got all excited and was like oh i you know like i'm hearing like this other stuff and like it could be we could go down this path and then mm-hmm. we, we kind of sat down and like wrote the rest of the words together you know believe it or not after 12 <laughs> years of marriage that hasn't really happened before mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: it was due to happen
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah hi i'm ashley and i'm alex and you're getting into the music of turtle doves on the antidote
0: See
1: So when you were writing the Secret Weapon EP, were you hoping to give it a theme? Or do you really see this as a collection of songs?
3: Yeah, I don't think we were looking for a specific theme as far as the songs went. It was just the songs that were coming to us at that specific time. And um, there were some common themes that kept arising throughout the songs, but it's kind of like, I think the more we try to keep recording and keep writing together the more we're catching up with our current life you know so those songs were kind of a period of time and then we wanted to document them and by the time you record them and release them it's like uh, just this picture in time but it's already passed for the artist you know Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah I think we saw themes arise but it's just kind of like how themes arise in your life around you you know you're always seeing things kind of pop out um and things that you're learning things that you're going through things that are around you so i think those theme the common themes are just probably from living life together in the time period we were in
2: yeah it's actually you know it's kind of interesting to be like doing this interview because we haven't really i don't think we've done any interviews about the ep Mm -mm so you're kind of forcing us in a way to like revisit where our heads were at (laughs) at that time and it's kind of it's kind of nice because like Ashley said that was probably you know we probably wrote wrote and recorded the songs like two years ago at this Mm -hmm. point yeah so now we're kind of like in a different headspace but and And, looking back on it from where we are now, I do see like that there are some themes, but at the time, I would say we didn't intentionally set out
4: to mm-hmm. have
2: a theme or like a concept Definitely. but but now, now, yeah, like looking in hindsight, it's like I can pick out some things that you know are sort of hallmarks of where our heads were at at the time,
4: yeah.
1: guitar intro to Precious Metals reminds me so much of something you might hear from Bruce Coburn. And that's never a bad thing. Something I had to hear about was why turtledoves headed to the past on their song Secret Weapon. Well, talking about looking back, <laughs> one of your songs, the title track Secret Weapon, that takes me back because it has almost this 90s vibe.
3: Ooh, cool. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, we're from that time period. Like our our childhood was the '90s and early 2000s, so I think there's part of that sound that is just always going to be in us.
2: Yeah, I I was like one of the sonic things that like we made part of like a goal, like what what we wanted the EP to sound like was having that acoustic guitar be sort of like the focal point of a rock song Mm -hmm. kind of like it's like a nirvana thing
3: yeah or jars of clay
1: (laughs) 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 since you're kids of the 90s who was it that you think influenced you most from that era
3: Mm. wow i mean it's funny because my musical upbringing was church music and Mm -hmm. country music (laughs) that was kind of all I was really exposed to um and just kind of the pop whatever pop hits of the time you know that any kid was getting exposed to just from listening to the radio so so I think a lot for me a lot of melodic stuff I feel like I have tendencies from like some of my favorite soulful like country songs or, or a lot of like I mean there were a lot of great 90s like songs in the church and kind of haunting reverent like beautiful songs I grew up with Mm -hmm. that still really inform like I think the way those songs made me feel inform the way I like want to feel when I'm making a song I guess so what about you Alex
2: at that time for me I was listening to like primarily alternative Christian music you know like I was homeschooled from like second grade up to high school. So okay. that would have been that time period for me. And my mom was also going through like a pretty conservative phase um, in the 90s. And we didn't listen to secular music like hardly at all. So I was listening to like a lot of that like alternative Christian stuff, which is. I think a lot of it holds up. There was there is a cool thing happening in Christian music in the '90s. Well, there was <laughs>
1: lots of cool stuff happening back then. I think Ashley yeah. mentioned Jars of Clay.
3: Yeah. At least their yeah.
1: debut, you know, that was fabulous. Everything else they did was was pathetic. But you know, again, that's <laughs> my opinion.
2: Oh, but yeah, yeah. Had- I don't want to ruffle too many feathers, but I, I think that like Christian pop music has taken the, a turn for the worst. Oh yeah,
3: definitely. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I've always referred to the 90s as the creative era.
3: Yeah. I I think about that a lot because now we're so, um, with the internet, we've become so self-aware and so self-conscious and um, there's like this purity that was going on at that time where you could kind of, the sky was the limit creatively and people were trying weird things and not worrying about where it fit or if it made sense. And so yeah, I totally agree with that.
2: And also, like because of the technological limitations at the time, there, even though people were trying, like, were getting pretty experimental, even in the Christian music scene, mm-hmm. there was like this organic element to it that you couldn't escape because that's like what was available at that time. Yeah. Cool. So, like, there is a rawness to everything that was being produced in the 90s that I think people are kind of wanting to hear that again. And I think that's why there's this new, like, a 90s
1: comeback wave happening. Mm-hmm. Would Turtle Doves fit back into the 90s music era?
3: You know, I'd hope the 90s music era would have us.
1: 90s, if you're listening, please accept us. Uh, (laughs) You can just look for the portal on the trail.
3: There you go. Yeah, there you go.
1: There it was, Secret Weapon, the title track off the new EP from Turtledoves. I said earlier that the title, Secret Weapon, sounds like it was coming from a metal band. Well, next week, it actually is metal. It's been five years since Luke Dynan of Children of Wrath has delivered any new music, and now he's making up for it with back-to-back releases of both an EP and an album. Tune in the antidote for that. Well, here's the last of my talk with Turtle Doves. Enjoy this and the song Color of Your Love. See you next time. Well, here's something else I'd like to know. Did Secret Weapon turn out just the way you'd hoped? Absolutely not.
3: (laughs) I don't think it ever will. It
2: never does.
1: So would you take the same album or EP and just remake it and remake it and remake it?
2: I could do that. And that's why Ashley is the perfect partner for me because she (laughs) stops me from doing that.
3: Yeah. A lot of times I feel like this sense of there's this like magical element to it, to something we're working on. And then I feel like Alex will then hole up for like two more days and listen to this over and over again. And it'll start shifting away from this feeling that I'm feeling of excitement about it. So sometimes I'm like, just stop. Let's just keep it there. And but I think if he could stop time, he'd probably redo everything maybe five times, and which is really great. And I, I, we are a perfect partnership because of that. Like I think he really is good at taking that time, sitting with something. And I'm more like, I like the initial in, intuitiveness of something, but it might actually need a lot more time. But I just kind of, I don't know, I, I just want to move on or something or I want to capture the initial thing and then just move to the next thing that feels kind of spontaneous or like this rawness, I guess. So I do think both of us combine kind of create a balance there.
1: So bringing in another song from Secret Weapon, your sound changes drastically on Color of Your Love. I mean, mm-hmm. that song is so stripped down. But I think really what I want to hear about is that song title, because i never would have thought about describing love as a color. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, i i think about love as a color sometimes. I mean, obviously i did at least one time when i wrote those words down. <laughs> what
1: color is ashley?
2: <laughs> it's a warm it's warm. It's like a it's like a warm sort of orangish glow.
1: What about you, ashley?
3: <laughs> i haven't really even thought about it in that way i think when i think of that lyric i think of like the quality and the tone of your love like the everything about your love sort of being enveloped in the word color so not necessarily a color but yeah i think i think of warmth and glowing to like candle like a candle flickering the orange yeah. of fire
2: I guess in music, like we, maybe it's just us or I think other people use colors to describe musical feelings. So, yeah, I almost like, kind of like what Ashley's saying, I almost didn't think of it literally as a color, more like a feeling. Yeah.
1: Well, hey, let's put a real spin on this. What color would you give to Secret Weapon?
3: Ooh, the EP, you mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How about Ashley and I both think of it in our heads, and then we'll count to three and say it at the same time and see if it's
1: <laughs> We'll see if it's intelligible.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay. I'm ready. Okay, one, two, three. Brown. Red. <laughs> <laughs> I said red. Alex said brown. But you know, brownish red.
2: Perfect, yeah. Put them together, and it's kind of like a brick
1: red, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I really suppose there's no need to ask about your future plans because your baby is your next scheduled release.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, actually, we have a single coming out in a month, so so I was wrong about it being the next release. So we have a couple of singles coming out before the baby's born, but then that's our more you know significant release coming up is uh, <laughs> that we're having our first baby. <laughs>
1: And you said it's one single per month?
3: Yeah. um, June, July, and August. And then we'll release the last two songs of that EP after that. So that EP is going to be
1: called Two Dreams. Nice. And we've got that to look forward to. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've kept you two forever. (laughs) And I guess, really it's time to give you a break. I got to thank you for coming to the antidote to tell us about turtle doves
3: yeah oh, thanks for yeah, having us
1: yeah thanks for having us it's good to reconnect with you I'm bound by the color
4: of